Hey guys, welcome to Church at Home. We're so thankful that you decided to carve out some time to spend with us. We hope that today's message is encouraging and it's a great jumpstart to your week. So grab a pen, piece of paper, and let's dive into the Word. Hey church, I'm so glad that you are carving out some time uh, to gather together uh, around God's Word. Uh, we're continuing to unpack uh, our Word of the Year, um, More Light. So I just wanna invite you to call me to Luke uh, chapter number 11. Uh, and we're going to look, uh, beginning at verse uh, number 33, uh, Jesus's words here. He says, no one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If your whole body is full of light, having no part of the dark, it will be wholly bright. And when a lamp with its rays, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Let's bow our heads in our heart for prayer. Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray that your word would be a lamp into our feet, a light into our path, and that your word, by way of your Holy Spirit, would shine into even the dark places in us. God, help us to do the best with the light that we've been given. We honor you. We love you, Jesus. We ask all of this in the precious, powerful name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Uh, what a great passage of scripture here in Luke chapter 11. It's important for us to understand sort of what is sandwiching the text that we look at today. If you got your scriptures, you, you could see this clearly, or maybe you'll visit this later on. But in chapter number 11, verses beginning at 29, Jesus is confronting the people because they're seeking a sign. They're looking for proof. It's an interesting statement here because the proof that they're looking for is not the miraculous. Jesus has performed the miraculous. The proof that they're looking for is, is distinguish yourself from evil. Prove that you are God. Here's a warning for us as we're following Jesus. Let's be careful that we're not pursuing miracles as the proof of where Jesus is or where Jesus isn't. See, sometimes miracles aren't the things that confirm Sometimes miracles become the place for which we allow skepticism to swirl. We, we allow the, the demand of our heart isn't worship because of the miraculous God has done. Sometimes miracles provide opportunity for the critics and the cynics to ask questions, point fingers. And this is precisely what's happening to Jesus. They're saying, hey, we want a sign. But Jesus says to them, hey, listen, the sign that you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. This is speaking to Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, Jonah three days in the belly of the whale, and now he's kind of spewed out. Precisely what Jesus is saying to them is, listen, you're looking for a sign, and I'm telling you the sign that you're going to get, it's more than the miraculous miracles that have been taking place. It's more than that. What you're going to see is just like Jonah. I'll go into the depths of the earth for three days, but after that, I'll come forward. On the backside of the text that we read, Jesus is finding himself surrounded by Pharisees. 
it almost feels like Jesus's life is consistently combating confrontation by those who question who he is, questions his motives, and they do it from a religious point of view. Have you ever had people in your life, they question who you are, your pursuit of God, and they do it from a spiritual point of view? Jesus's response to them, I love it. I actually think of this passage of scripture every time I'm doing dishes. Because he goes on to say to them, listen, he said, the problem with you, he said, is that you wash the outside of the dish and you've paid no attention to the inside of the dish. Here's what we know. If you wash the inside really well, it actually begins to spill over and start to help with the cleaning up of the outside of the dish. So in between those two passages of scripture, give us a sign. Jesus referencing Jonah. And then he talks about the role that light plays in our life. And he follows it up with sort of that hard-hitting punch to the Pharisees of like, listen, your problem is you're focused on the external and you're missing the cleaning out and caring for the inside. When I look at the text, there's some words that are powerful. And I want us to sort of pay attention in the context of what we've been reading. We started out in verse number 33, and it says, you wouldn't put a lamp in a cellar. You wouldn't take this light and shove it underground. You wouldn't take this light, another play on the word in Greek, not only can it be speaking of cellar, which in my mind, I think of kind of like a basement. But it also says that it could reference a crypt, which we would think of as a tomb. Jesus says, you're not gonna take this light and you're not gonna go bury it and put it in the tomb. You're not gonna go put this light in a place of death. You see, for some of us, the light of Christ that has entered us, if we're not careful, we return to the places and the ways of old. And the warning for us here is don't do that. He would never take this light and bury it or hide it. He says, rather what you would do is you would take this light and you would put it on a stand. When it talks about that word light, I want us to see in connection to these two surrounding passages what's being said. The word used for light there in, in that verse is only seen in two other places in the New Testament. It's Matthew chapter 24 and Mark chapter 13. I want to look at those verses really quickly because I want us to see what they're referencing because it actually speaks into part of what Jesus is talking about here. And, and the first one is this. It says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Keep that in mind and let's look at the text in Mark chapter 13. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. You see, these cross-referencing passages that connect into this word that's used here is speaking of the second coming. It's speaking of Christ's return. What's powerful to me is when I look at this, the demand and the call for the sign, for the sign of, of Jesus. They're looking for, hey, God, show us something, do something. 
And what he's saying is the sign that you need to see and pay attention to is actually the way in which you and I care for the light that we've been given. Another way to say it is this. You and I stand in the place as the sign and the representation of the work of Christ in our culture here and now. We, you and me, we are the sign that people are looking for. Yeah, they're looking for Christ, but what Jesus has said is that you and I are the light of the world. You and I stand as representations of what happens when the light of Christ, when God supernaturally works in us, now the light that is being shined through us gives testament and honor and glory to Jesus. It's not that we are taking Jesus's place, but it's that we're standing, embodying the work of Christ in us that is the hope of glory to a culture that surrounds. I love the way that this idea of the bright shining candle plays for us because it's not just about providing light so that we could see. If we're not careful, we miss that completely. It's talking about, while using the metaphor of the eye and the lamp and darkness coming in and light entering, like it's using that metaphor, but what it's trying to communicate to us is to provide moral illumination, not just shining in darkness so that we can see and make our way around. The point that Jesus is making is, listen, you're asking for signs. You're wanting to see all these things. He said, but what I want to do is provide you a way to see the brokenness in you, not just answer the questions that you might have. Look at the text. You see this idea of, of, of light and how it enters us. Jesus is using the idea of, a, of an eye and how light enters and we're able to see. And when we're not able to see, everything seems dark. Any of you that would have a sort of seeing challenge, you, you, you struggle with, maybe with your vision is, is decreasing. It's not as good as it used to be when you're younger. Maybe for you, whether it's a, a condition and your eyes, it feels cloudy. Like when that stuff happens, it does feel like it's just getting dark. And Jesus is not just talking about the physical reality. He's talking about the spiritual reality, that the light is distorted. It's darkened. I want us to think for a moment, what are the things that, that cause light to be dimmed, darkened, and distorted in our life? It can be prejudice. And prejudice for us can simply be kind of captured like this. We have a way of thinking that has been passed down, down to us. We're certain of it. There's no need to learn, grow, investigate, develop. We have prejudice against new knowledge, new information, new relationships, new places, because what we have experienced is comfortable. You have to be careful that there's not prejudice in our life. Our apathy the reality of not wanting to give the energy or the effort to move forward. I think one of the things we see in our culture very much mirrors what the Old Testament is warned about. The people of God are warned time and time again, and the word is simply this, syncretism. Syncretism in the Old Testament was the blending of the pagan worship rituals with serving and loving Yahweh. I think that happens in our culture today. We want so desperately to have all that Jesus is and provides in our life, but we want to do so and sprinkle together some other things 
to assist or to help it out. I'm uncertain of my future and I don't know what God has for me. So perhaps I need to go consort or consult with a medium. They can shuffle the deck and pour out some cards and tell me what my future looks like because it's a lot easier to do that than it is to depend or to wait on God. And then I don't feel any kind of way because I'm just having a spiritual sort of gumbo in the moment. I'm titling it Jesus, but it's actually not fully Jesus. It's Jesus and a lot of other things. The Old Testament warns us against that. And friend, listen to me. Following Jesus is not Jesus plus this equals what I'm looking and searching for. It is Jesus is everything and all in all. For us, if we're not careful, we become too affectionate with the sins in our life. We, we don't hate and loathe the things in us that God detests. We make excuses. We hide behind the grace of God to give pardon to us living in a way that does not please God. And these are things that creates this sort of dimness. It pulls the shades on the light. It distorts the light in our life. It's our pride. Our pride thinking that we admire ourselves so much, our opinions, our ways, our experience, that it gives no place for worship of God. If your righteousness is more important to you than God's righteousness, You'll never be able to have a relationship. You'll never be in right standing with God. The pride gets in the way, if we're not careful, connected to pride, self-seeking. Man, we want what we want in the way that we want. Listen to me, if we're not careful, the glitter of gold becomes ways for our eyes to be injured. One author says it this way, how could Jesus see the beauty of Christ when he saw such value in 30 pieces? of silver. How can a man set store a future in heaven when present fortune is more than enough for him? You see, friend, if we're not careful, self-seeking, desiring for our comfort and our want and the now and the here and the present, it distorts and destroys true worship. When the light enters us, though, friends, Here's what begins to happen. It reveals. Where the light hits, it's no longer dark. I'm reminded of the Lion King. He says, Simba, whatever the light touches is ours. Whatever the light of Christ touches in our life, would we be as brave and bold to say the same thing? God, what your light touches, it's yours. God's light reveals in us, friends, and it slowly illuminates. Kind of the way that the sun sort of rising and setting happens at your house, that beam of light that comes through the window just begins to move as the day progresses. Sometimes in our life, we want the work of the Spirit to be instantaneous. When more often than not, the work of the Spirit for us is a gradual, a slowly sort of coming into the light, our desires, our hopes, our fears, our aspirations, all of these things should be set in the light. Friend, just a simple question for you. Are those things, your desires, your hopes, your fears, your aspirations, you can tag onto that list 
Maybe it's your anger. Maybe it's your affections. Maybe it's your dreams. Maybe it's the purpose and the plan for your life. Have you set those things into the light? You see, when we do that, when we set them into the light, they begin to no longer be hidden. They begin to no longer have the mystique of our own self-centeredness around them. When we put them in the light, it allows Christ to be Lord because whatever the light touches is his. So friend, I want us to consider this question as we close. How do we care for the light in us? How do we see that Jesus has come and he offers us this light that enters our life and it provides illumination in all parts of us? And if we don't, we have to be careful because we're living then in darkness. What do we do? The first thing is simply this, display it properly. The Bible says we wouldn't put the light under the ground. We wouldn't put it in a crypt. We wouldn't put it under a basket, but we put it on a stand, elevate it, position it, properly in our life. The next is this, your light is his light. The light in you, your giftings, your talent, all of those things, the thing that makes you, you, it's not you, but it's his fingerprints shining through you. Many of us think about the image of God, that it breathes breath in our nostrils and brings us from nothing into something. We forget that the very DNA that is embedded in us, that it is alive and well and thriving with the image of God. And if the image of God is in us, then all of the things that that image produces in us of beauty, of strength, of courage, of righteousness, it doesn't come from our skill or tenacity, but it comes because of Jesus. His light is your light, friend. The third thing is this, is that we have to respond to the illumination. When the lights are turned on, respond. The things in your light, in your life that were shadowy places before, when the light of Christ hits them, Maybe it's in a time of prayer and fasting and you realize, hey, there's some things in me. I can't keep working like this or functioning like that. When the light hits it, make a change. When illumination, when the lights are turned on, don't close your eyes. Recognize that something needs to change and shift. And finally, my encourage to you as we close is don't be afraid of the dark. The beautiful thing about the light is it is the very thing that extinguishes the darkness. Light isn't afraid that darkness will swallow it, but it knows that oftentimes it shines brightest in places and moments of darkness. If I were to turn on a light right here, right now, there's a light there, there's a light there, there's other lights in this room. So if I just turned a light on and left it right here, it wouldn't do much. But if I turned all these lights off, closed all the windows, pulled down the shades, and this room was dark, even a little light has the ability of pushing back darkness. And friends, this 
is the sign we carry to a generation longing and looking for who Jesus is. We carry the light. We carry the light not just externally, but we carry the light internally so that whatever happens in us first represents what God wants to shine through us second. More light, Lord. More light. Grace and peace, church. We love you so much.